25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Just like that, it's hour number two. Yes, sir. Here we are, live with you in hour two. I'm a poet and don't know it. Get a rhyme every time in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Hump day! Y'all ought to see Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> Beaver, when you dance to this song, do you also have a little head shake going on that kind of goes along with it? Everything is shaking. <laughs> but but it's it's so like me dancing in a normal. You're, obviously, normally you're going to dance standing up. Obviously, yeah, right. mm-hmm. that's bad enough. But seeing me dance in this chair oh that's even worse <laughs> i would imagine it feels worse yeah your your response cracked me up everything is shaking matt <laughs> come on i do the humpty hump welcome into the show and when i play this in the first hour beaver i was so happy that i really quickly looked at my phone to make sure that it actually was wednesday i don't know what it is about this whole quarantine but it's so easy to to lose track of it. Um, coming up later in the show, not at this very moment, but later in the show, we will check in with today's edition of What's Up with Beaver. Brought to you by It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on FX. No, I'm kidding. I made that part up. <clears throat> not the sponsor part. We are going to check in with Beaver on What's Up with Beaver. That's just coming up later. That's my way of giving him a heads up without actually saying it saying heads up you know what i'm saying y'all y'all get it uh real quick here on the uh, country please and text line shoot me a text here if you want 885 espn i always enjoy getting your text it's fun to read them 885 espn that's a 601 number jason said and i miss, doggone i missed his comment yesterday it appears at the end of the show, he said the only thing he cared about on the Cosby show was Denise Huxtable. Yep, Denise was a looker. <laughs> Jason, how old? <laughs> how old and stiff am I <clears throat> when I'm calling? I'm saying she was a looker. <laughs> Who even says that anymore? I'm just trying to be professional here. Because the fact is that in the 90s, all of us, me, you, every 12 year old boy, Ever watch a Cosby show? Thought that Denise was hot. 
All right, Jason says, there's a big difference in being what state has been since Mullen got there and being a championship program. Absolutely, it is. Uh, Jason said, Mullen was taking two- and three-star recruits, developing them over three and four years. Alabama, for instance, has NFL-quality star players, five-star guys, from the moment they sign their letter of intent. It isn't rocket science. And, and, and you are exactly right. That's the whole point. It's not rocket science. It's really clear. That's why it was just such a – we were having such a good discussion about that on Monday. There were all kinds of texts flying in, and you had a phone call or two about it as we were looking at trajectory – and the overall point was, you know, you can kind of choose one or the other what you like. Some fans might like the roller coaster where you're up every now and then, you're down for two, three years, you're up again, you're down for two, three years, you're up again. State was in such a different position when Mullen took it over. It's like a uh, male person. See, he's the one that said, well, Ole Miss had been closer to winning the West in the last 10 years. We're talking about the decade from 2009 to 2019. And the the difference in where State is turning out all these NFL draft picks versus Ole Miss didn't have anybody drafted. They've had they've just been on this perpetual roller coaster. Mullen went in there and and like steadied this thing into like a a, a football program, a, a, a top half of the SEC football program. And you look at the fact that that's what it is now at State from where it came from. Again, help me. Show me the programs in the country who've had a more prominent, like just complete reversal of its program in that decade from 09 to 19. Who are they? Is there one that made a bigger reversal and turnaround from where it was to where it is than state? And see, male person said, well, you know, they were closer to winning the West in the last 10 years over state and won bigger bowl games. And that is true. They won the sugar sugar bowl. Um, there were a couple of those years in there with freeze where they won the, the more important and potentially more meaningful egg bowls, you know, the year, well, I guess it was Dak's last two years, including that one year where Dak and the team had in 2014 had gotten to number one. Well, then they lost to Alabama but the way things were shaking out, looking back on it now with hindsight, had State won that road egg bowl, they might be right back in the six. Well, they didn't because, male person, uh, you're right. They, Ole Miss won that game. They had some of those, but they also had this these incredible dips. And there's so many reasons we can go through all that kind of stuff. That you know, reasons for that. And and so I mean that was the the point of all of it. And Jason, I think you're nailing it. If we're the whole thing starting on Monday was the decade from 09 to 19. Well, frankly, the two programs were in two entirely different places. Um at the start of that decade. I mean, Ole Miss was rolling with Houston Nutt and had been to the Cotton Bowl twice, you know, and was recruiting at a high level and putting players into the NFL. Ole Miss was the program at that time in 09, at the beginning of this decade we're discussing, they were the program that had already had big-time quarterbacks drafted and had a brand that was recognizable you know, out there in other parts of the country. They already had all that. 
When Mullen took over, State hadn't had it. You know, we had success at the end of the 90s when I was in school. Really good teams built on a number one defense in the country. Defensive players going to the NFL just every year, every year. But we never had the first-round draft pick quarterback. You know, we didn't. We never had that kind of stuff that, that helps you to build. All that stuff started happening after Mullen got the job in 2009, stuff that had never happened before. The rankings, the consistent bowl games, the quarterback going to the Cowboys and winning their rookie of the year in the NFL. I made all those points. That's what I'm saying. You, you know, you look at their starting points at the beginning of that decade. They, they were in two different atmospheres. That's the truth. I mean, for Pete's sake, what got Dan there at the beginning of that decade anyway? 48 to nothing. <laughs> Do y'all remember what a bloodletting that was? That was two programs and two teams on in two different solar systems when Mullen took that job in 09. That's the reality. So when I talk about what it's become, that now consistently every year, for multiple years upon multiple years, State has been in these last several drafts in the top half of the SEC and having guys get drafted. Total number of players and top three round players. And somebody said, well, yeah, but they haven't won championships. Well, that's not the point. They're not to that level. I agree with Jason 100% on the text line when Jason just said, there's a difference between what state has been since Mullen got there and a championship program. Man, you're talking, it takes 20 from where state was when Mullen took it over in 09. It takes a long time to build to be a championship program, not one decade, maybe two or three of them, two minimum decades to get to that level, to build to that level. That's just the fact. And so I think you, 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 you know, you, you have to consider the whole picture in the context of that, that conversation. I agree with Jason completely. T-Mite says, let's play football. Insert hand sanitizer timeouts. <laughs> Timeout on the field. Senate, what do we call it? Sanitization timeout. <laughs> hey, and let me just go back to something Gator Greg said. Can we do that real quick? I'm going to go back to something Gator Greg said. He asked me this, you know, my opinion, I'd kind of taken a traditional stance to a degree. I was a little, you know, flippy floppy on the whole pay them and what would be the results of it and all that kind of stuff. I, you don't make them employees if you're giving out scholarships. That, that didn't work for anybody. But the name and likeness deal, name, image, and likeness thing is, is a different animal. I, I've never really taken a really hard stance on it other than I believe the fact is it doesn't help the parody idea, certainly. You know, some people want to make that issue. It does not help with that. I actually heard Chris Brooks say that in the last maybe five minutes of his show, and I thought he nailed it. It's um, not going to make it any better for some schools. Y'all, think about this. Okay, first of all, I don't 
really have a problem with it. It's not going to be the game changer that some people make it out to be. Okay, listen. In most states, it's not going to be the game changer that some people make it out to be. And it's not going to be the game changer that in this state that some people think it might be. Now, it will be a game changer for the occasional highly sought after recruit. But the fact is, the reality is, outside of the public eye, there's already some game-changing money and stuff being thrown around out there in big-time football and basketball recruiting. That's reality. Okay, so this brings it to the surface to some degree. But look at it this way. In the state of Mississippi, what this opens the door for is, yes, a member of the team at State, a member of the team who's already there, a sophomore, junior, at Ole Miss, can actually get endorsement deals within the state. Sure. They handle it all right according to the you know certain stipulations they have and puts money in their pocket. And, okay, fine with that. I don't care one bit. Fine. Pay them all you want. I, I got no problem with that. If that's the rule, go ahead. It also opens the door to greasing recruits. Put the money on them and give them an endorsement deal because they're a five-star. We want to, I want them going to this school, that school, or staying in state. You know, what kind of endorsement deals would Cam Akers have gotten coming out of Clinton High School? You know, if this opens it up to that kind of thing. You know, agreements in place, high school kids can get a representative. I mean, it's weird, but it's possible. But it's still not going to be like just across the board, every recruit. It's going to be a couple here and there each year. And in this state, some big companies that might have the money to go out here and really throw at a recruit to influence them to go to one school or the other. If you're in any type of retail business in this state, because we have two SEC schools, and if you're in retail, you've got to sell your product or your service to not only Ole Miss fans, but also to state fans. The last thing you want to do is do something, get you boycotted by one fan base or the other. Okay, so that's going to balance itself out in states where there's in-state competition. But here's what you need to think about. Here's who this opens a door of possibilities to, unlike anything we have seen in those areas. Here's where the biggest impact is. Louisiana. Arkansas, Tennessee. What are you saying, Matt? Why are you saying those states? Here's what I'm saying. In the state of Arkansas, everyone is a Razorback fan. In the state of Louisiana, everyone is an LSU fan. In the state of Tennessee, Vanderbilt's not competing with, with Tennessee with the Volunteers. Everybody's a Vol fan for the most part. I hate to say it, Vandy. It's just the way it is. <laughs> okay, outside of Nashville. So go to Arkansas. You remember Darren McFadden was a five-star recruit out of a school in Little Rock. And, of course, he went to Arkansas. Everybody's a Razorback fan. But now that five-star kid in a high school in Little Rock, I'm going to tell you something. If Arkansas wants him, they will get that player every single time. Not that they haven't gotten them for the most part now. But every now and then, Texas came in there and knocked on their door. And every now and then, the in-state kid said, I just want to go out of state. I just want to do something different. Well, but, but now, Big Bob Chevrolet 
is offering you an endorsement deal coming out of high school for $75,000, $80,000 a year. Above board, and we'll pay it to you and all that kind of stuff. And you just go wear that red and white hogs uniform. That's the way it works. Same thing for Matt's Tire Shop in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Instead of Randall Cobb going to Kentucky, he's going to Tennessee. So in states where there's one big boy, where there's one school, there's one SEC campus, that's an advantage for them. Because in states like this one and like Alabama, I don't know, in Alabama maybe a little different, but especially in states like Mississippi, it's going to balance itself out. And if big retailers want to get involved, and they may not, but if big retailers want to get involved in that stuff, they've got to tiptoe around it. Unless they just make the decision, well, we, we pretty clearly want to support just one school or the other. And that's fine, too. They can all make their own decisions. I just think there are a lot of things you do have to consider. Now, after having said all of that, at this point in my life, with where we are and at my age, I just am a, I just don't really care. <laughs> I just don't really care anymore. Just tell me who's on the team and on the roster and what number they wear, and I'll watch the film and make a prediction and call the game and be happy to do it. Well, he's getting paid and he isn't. Don't care anymore. Done with it. Pay him or not. Don't care. Buy him with me. Just don't care anymore on that kind of deal. I just think it's, it's just I, one way or the other. Oh, Matt, they're not going to pay him. Okay. They, they shot it down. They're not going to pass it. All right, fine. Hey, Matt, they passed it. All the recruits are going to get money. All right, fine. When's the first game? Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. David. Patiently waiting. What's up, David? Look, uh, is Vanderbilt not in the largest city of all the SEC schools? They're in there, but it's Vol country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, David, I really appreciated that chuckle, David, because I, I just gave you an honest answer. <laughs> <clears throat> it's ball country. Now, baseball, maybe it's different. <laughs> and it is different, right? Because the whole, you know, you got scholarship limits for every baseball playing college in the country, except LSU and Vanderbilt. <laughs> now, explain that to me. I still haven't gotten to the bottom of that. I'm not sure I'll understand it when I get to the bottom of it. Uh, Micah in Texas says, does Coach Kroon get any credit for the amount of NFL players coming out of state? The program was a mess before he took over and allowed Mullen to come in and build. No doubt. Solid academic foundation, that sort of thing. Everything else left everything to be desired. Uh, Squirrel sent Beaver a text. He said, Beaver, wasn't Mississippi State ranked number one in the nation with a chance to win a national championship in 2014? They sure were. They were ranked number one a little bit. Until they ran up against all them four and five stars in Tuscaloosa. 25 to 20. Dak made a 
mad dash for a comeback and came up just a little bit short. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, everything you're mentioning, he said, is exactly why I think Florida is about to pass Georgia. And when they do, the sky's the limit for Florida. You know, Jason, uh, I, I, I think I agree with you. And I guess that's wishy-washy. But, man, you know, when he took the job at Florida, I said there's two things that they have to overcome. Number one is Georgia's recruiting. And they still haven't caught Georgia in recruiting. I'm not sure they will catch Georgia in recruiting. But at this point now, I've started to think I'm not sure they have to catch Georgia in recruiting. I'm not sure. But the other thing that he had to do was beat people who had better players. They didn't do that very consistently at State. You know, when they ran up against them, pretty much, not every, not exclusively, but pretty much when they ran up against teams with better players when he was at State, they didn't win those games. Alabama, LSU consistently. The years that Ole Miss had better players, they, they lost to them. That'll determine it. How close do they get to get Georgia in recruiting? But can he consistently beat those teams that actually have better players like Georgia? I think that's what it boils down to. But you're right. Once you get there, I think the sky's the limit for Mullen and for Florida. I'm Matt. Just getting started. Hour two. Get to your texts and your tweets and all that jazz. Coming up, stick around. Back on the show. Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Flowtown Ghost on the country, please. And text at 885-ESPN. That's the number to text the show. 885-ESPN. says, could you see Vandy getting out of football, going all baseball? No. I really couldn't because, you know, even, again, even though Vanderbilt doesn't have the attendance and the support in the stadium and all that kind of stuff for football, um, number one, they still generate revenue with Vanderbilt football. That's a big, you know, revenue generator from them, both ticket sales and media rights and, uh, you know, alumni giving. And they're a member of the SEC, so they're going to be playing football. Yeah, so I mean that's reality. That's the reality of it for sure. Paul is hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Hey, Paul, what's up? Hey, good morning, Colin from uh, a house divided. Paul graduate of state in '76, and Athena finished uh, school up north after me. <laughs> there you go. Okay, well. I live in one of those house uh, houses that are divided, and I knew we had a lot in common. Yeah, great, we do. Great minds. And That's great it. I was going to tell you, I found an old rerun of the 1997 Egg Bowl on 
Com- communist cast last night. <laughs> Did, and, did you just call and, com- uh, communist cast? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was, one. We're hoping for ceasefire to come in our neighborhood. Oh, my goodness. goodness. I'm glad you reminded me. We've already made our grocery list, but I forgot the country, please, and i got to go back. You need to go back. It's worth a trip back, I promise you. And, hey, and I'm the same way. I, I, I've seen the map of where the ceasefire fiber is, and it is so close to my house. And like that monkey who sat his tail on a railroad track, Paul, it won't be long. Mm-hmm. It won't be long now. <laughs> we uh, uh, watched the game and uh, didn't remember anything except uh, um, she was quick to point out who won the game. And I, I couldn't <laughs> help but wonder what some of the insider thinking was, why my my favorite quarterback, Matt Wyatt, didn't get into the game until the last three plays. Well, I got benched. <laughs> no, I started the game and played, I guess, I don't know, oh. first quarter or whatever and stunk it up for a little while. And then, then my, my brother-in-law, Rob Morgan, he got in and played. and He played a little better, and then they put me back in at the end. I don't remember enough details of it either, uh, Paul. Well, I, they- one thing I had forgotten, and it it showed up. Who was it that put this – I don't know who it was. It was on Facebook like two nights ago. A guy that I used to work with named Kevin Holden. Kevin is a big time like TV sports anchor up in Wisconsin. Now he's in uh, Milwaukee. And Kevin is really neat. He was a local sports anchor in Tupelo 20 years ago. And we worked together for a little while. Great guy. Mm -hmm. And Kevin not only is he a local sports anchor, but on the weekends, like he'll call games for the Brewers in Espanol. It's pretty cool. Cool story. But anyway, oh wow, he he saw the same thing you saw a replay of this game, and he put it with a short video on Facebook and tagged me and said, "Hey, I did not know until I went back and watched this that Matt was also a punter." And there I was. <laughs> you know, think about how surreal this is, Paul, to be forty-three years old. And to be watching a video of yourself on Facebook doing something that you have no recollection of doing. <laughs> That's what happened to me. I'm like, I punted in that well, game. I, a, I totally forgot. I got a bill from the doctor for my memory, but I keep getting to take it. <laughs> That's where I am. Doggone. <laughs> I need some of those pills, too, I guess. So you, you had some beautiful passes, but the third one it was a Hail Mary, and they got it, and that ended the game. Yeah, a, I, was, I was thinking that would just be perfect that, if you won the game. Uh, That's the story of my life. Two, yeah. point, two point conversion. You talk about now, a gutsy that, thing, too. When, when Tuberville. Was that that decided to bench you, or was it Cheryl? <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, I'm sure it was Coach Cheryl's call. Yeah. I see. But it wasn't the first time he benched me, nor was it the last. I promise you that. <laughs> but that's all right, you know. Um, yeah, you talk about a, a of all like all time gutsy um, calls in a game by a head coach. You know, Tommy Tuberville mm-hmm. got that nickname as the and that moniker of being a riverboat gambler. And it didn't just come about because of some article that was written. This was a, a reputation that he earned, like, in that situation. He's on the road in the Egg Bowl, and, you know, you always play for the yeah. tie. We're not going to kiss sisters and, and yeah. tie. We're going to play for the victory. I know. So going for two to win it on the road. And then, um, you know, he also had the fake field goal, flip it over your shoulder 
for a touchdown against LSU at one point in his career and going for it on fourth down. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of early on in the, the building of the legend, I guess, if you could say it, of Tommy Tuberville being known as a riverboat gambler by going for two. It was a gutsy move, a great catch by a guy who you know I consider a friend, Corey Peterson, who was the receiver for Ole Miss that day, and uh, mm-hmm. a great throw by Stuart Patridge. Yep. They cut it down to where it was only two hours, so we we got the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to time constraints, we now move ahead in the action. All right, <laughs> Paul, appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Good to hear from you. All right, thanks for the insight. We'll yeah, see man. You. All right, Bye-bye. see you. Bye-bye. I always uh, – I have that experience way too often. There's, there's much, much more that I have forgotten of things that happen. But it really did. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten about punting in that game. And then, doggone, there's video of it on Facebook the other night. And Buddy sent it to me. How do you forget something like that? I don't know. David on the Country Pleasing text line says, Matt, Vanderbilt is second in endowments in the SEC. What, behind Texas A&M? So A&M would be one. And then Vanderbilt. Oh, they got the endowments, buddy. No doubt about it. They can have football, whether there's anybody there or not. <laughs> and they take a lot of that endowment and create a scholarship fund and just go recruit the best baseball players in the country. Keep them out of the major leagues for a couple of years and just pay them. <clears throat> More power to them. That's all right. Vandy needs something. This money. Jason responded and said, uh, just say that because Mullen's already recruiting armies of four-star recruits at Florida, if he can develop them like he did the players at State, he is not far from Georgia already. They beat that all-world State defense. Does that get a little bit of an asterisk, though, because that first year under Moorhead, they just had no offense whatsoever? I mean, you know, Jason, you say Mullen and Florida beat that State defense. Well, they scored 10 points. I mean, State's offense was – and he did beat number 5 LSU, and he destroyed 10-win Michigan. I mean, just ran them out of there. Michigan looked like they did not belong in that bowl game. They beat number 7 Auburn last year. Could have beaten Georgia and LSU. And I brought that up recently, Jason. I was talking to um, uh, a guy on his podcast, uh, David Waters, does a Florida – a great Florida show, very consistent podcast. And I was making that point to him that, you know, the, the big question for Mullen leaving Mississippi State going to Florida was, okay, is he going to go there and beat teams that have better players? Because right now some do. Alabama, in certain years, you're going to play Alabama every, you know, 20 years. Uh, but you're going to play LSU every year if you're at Florida. You're playing Georgia every year. Right now those teams have better players. You're going to beat the teams that have better players. Sometimes Auburn's going to have better players. He didn't do it very consistently at State. But he's already starting to do that. In two years at Florida, you can already point to some examples. Now, not a lot, but a couple. And I think that is significant. Gator Man on the text line. Speaking of Florida, catching ugly Georgia. Had six players drafted in the draft. They tied for third in the SEC with... Guess who? The Florida Gators. Both teams had six players drafted. Only difference is Florida players were developed into NFL draft picks from three- and four-star players, while all of, he says, uglies were five-stars or high four-stars. 
Florida has the second highest endowment. Vanderbilt is unknown because it's a private school. Well, if it's unknown, we could speculate they might be higher than Florida, though, right? Florida officially the second highest endowment. That's great. Um, and that is true. Uh, you, you know, you look at the the players out of Florida that were drafted. This you can say with 100% certainty that there's a lot of respect in the NFL for uh, Mullen players. Recruited, developed Mullen players. A lot of respect in the NFL for them. I mean, the guy's built just an incredible uh, reputation and kind of brand around himself. He just has. Jason goes, hey, Matt, can you change my name in there to Comrade Jason? Since there's another Jason texting in a bunch and says, and I'm a liberal. <laughs> Comrade Jason. I'll make sure it says comrade, not commie, huh? Is that what you want, Jason? All right, I'll go in there and change that for you. All right, coming up next, when we come back, we're going to check in and see what's up with Beaver. And then a few historical nuggets that I think you'll enjoy. That's coming up. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, connected because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Stick around. Finishing up on this Wednesday. Really appreciate you tuning in. It's been a fun show. Lots of calls and texts. And um, I think there's a lot out there, too. That's it. It doesn't have anything to do with me, but I do think it has a lot to do with you can sense it. You know, you're you're fans and you're putting your ear to the ground, too. And you're just starting to, I don't know. Things are starting to wiggle. (laughs) That's all I know how to put it. You start reading quotes and listening to what people are saying. Uh, things are starting to wiggle around just a little bit. And pretty soon something will shake loose. And then we're off and running. How many throwaway catchphrases can I put in one soliloquy? <laughs> Let's just talk to somebody who doesn't do that. Let's see what's up with Beaver. What is up in your world, Mr. Beaver? Well, I'll tell you, Matt Wyatt, this was originally going to start out with me jokingly shaming you, which uh, is what I like to do from uh, time to time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in a Shyamalan style twist, <laughs> this is going to turn into me asking you for a le- your legitimate thoughts. Okay. I'm, you you have my attention, sir. Okay. <laughs> so, on Jake Wimberly's show in the afternoons, uh-huh. for the past week, uh, starting last Tuesday, 
just to fill time because you know that's what we're just trying to fill time these days here on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> that's what we're you doing. Know this. That's what we're doing. Okay, so for the since last Tuesday, every day just after five o'clock, I play an original song that I wrote. Yes. Okay, so we've done that. Jake is filming them. He's been putting the videos on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And yesterday on the show, he asked me. He said, "Has Matt Wyatt?" commented or retweeted or said anything positive about your songs on Twitter. Mm. And I said, nope, Matt hasn't said a word. I think he hates it. (laughs) That's not it. So so then here's where it leads to the question now. Mm. Because I – now the key phrase there is Jake has been posting them. The only way to find these videos – um, not not that I'm saying they're worthy seeking out, but Jake posts them. I haven't because I am not good at the self-promotion. It mm-hmm. feels, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. at a, a certain point, it feels like I'm saying, hey, check out my songs. It feels a little egotistical yeah. and self-serving. Mm-hmm. Right. The question is, should I feel that way? Oh, should you feel that way if you share them? Um, My answer is no. You shouldn't feel that way. And even though you do feel that way, which is natural, which I totally understand, which I've been there, you need to work through it and kind of get past it. That's what I would say, Beaver. And because I think we live in a world where even before the coronavirus shelter in place, quarantine, we just lived in a world where people are used to us sharing our own stuff, you know, especially now I've noticed everybody's sharing their own stuff. Cause like, what else are we going to do? You know, that's that whole chestnut. So my, my honest thoughts on it, Beaver are not to hesitate because if you share it, you're not, it's not seen as you're just promoting yourself. You're sharing your content which is a good thing. Now, if you put it on Twitter and you said, Hey, I'm an up and coming star songwriter. Please sign me to a big contract. If you're with a record company, if you know someone at a record company, please share it to them. Now you're not doing that. Just put it out there and say, Hey, I did this song. What do y'all think? Love to hear your feedback. Good or bad. Thanks for watching. You know, I mean that attitude to share your content. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Does that help at all? Yeah, and I guess it would make sense because real talk, not just, you know, yeah. just saying things for radio, like, that is my goal. Look, I have no delusions that I can sing, nor do I want to, because I want to be, I, that's the way I've been for the last over a decade. I'm trying to be the guy who gets the songs to the people who can sing them, because, you know, a lot of country artists, the I mean, top-selling country artists, they don't write their own stuff. Yeah, that's right. They have songwriters, and that's what I've always been trying to do. I want to be on that end of it. Yeah. You big Bob Dylan fan? You know, I never got into Bob Dylan, but that's not because I dislike him. It's just because I never yeah. actually sought out and listened to his stuff enough to really be like, oh, I like that, or I dislike that. I'm like you, Beaver, and we're pretty close to the same age. You're younger, but we're, you know— relatively close and in any way you know growing up i'd always heard about him and i didn't i wasn't that familiar but and now as an adult 
as I've heard and listened to more lyrics, songwriter of all songwriters. A lot of respect for him. And I must say, Beaver, I hope you're hearing this. I have a pretty legit excuse why I wouldn't have retweeted or commented yet on one of your songs. Okay. And it's, it's because I just looked at it on Twitter. He is at Jake Wim. That's Jake Wimberly. I don't follow Jake on Twitter. Oh, well, that might be why you didn't see it. See, so I didn't see it. <laughs> so I'm going to click the follow button right now on Jake, and that way I'll be following him, so I'll see it if you do it. All right, boys and girls, and, and one last parting shot. This is just for you, uh, Beaver. I know that you're not going to hang the TV on the wall, but you just ordered a piece of equipment, a new TV, and a new entertainment center that's going to be here on Friday. Um, I made a purchase yesterday, Beaver. I bought one of these risers that's going on top of my desk that'll make everything go up about 20 inches and so I can stand at my desk for the radio show as opposed to sit during the radio show. Mm. And that will be here on Saturday. Interesting. Interesting. Now, what what made you decide to do that? Well, because I read some research and, you know, I've been getting healthy and all that. But I read some stuff about how sitting every day in a chair for two hours on this show without getting up is the same as about like, I don't know, smoking a pack of cigarettes a week in terms of the health, the the lack of health benefits for your heart and all that kind of stuff. Like sitting all the time is really bad for you. And so I'm going to redo this whole thing. It's going to get here Saturday, redo the whole desk. People who watch the stream, I don't know if you've seen it, Beaver, but I got a TV behind me that displays graphics and stuff. I'm going to have to raise it up, mount it on the wall. I got a big project coming this weekend. And when, the ne- and when we come on the show Monday, I will be standing for the full two hours as opposed to sitting. Yeah. Wow. So trying to just. Now I, add- now I actually feel terrible because I sit for six hours worth of radio every day. I know. I'm be dead next week. Well, and, and that's the thing, Beaver. You really. I mean, sometimes we don't have a choice, but at the very least, get up out of the chair when you can, jump on the floor, do push-ups during the commercial breaks or something, you know, get the blood flowing. Because that's a that's a lot of hours for you to be sitting in that chair. That's just the honest truth. Um, and it's a lot of hours to be standing up. You really would need to be able to do both, you know, and maybe you can. Hey, look at here. Look at here. A real treat. First time this week on the Divini Equipment phone line. Number one in your heart, Mr. Hawk and all the Hawkamaniacs went crazy. Chicken Hawk, where you been? Well, hey, man, some folks have to work for a living. I sit 12 hours a day carrying this chicken feed so all you folks can get out there and barbecue while y'all shut in. You know, with the chicken, the wings, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, look at here. Now, I got to tell you something. Now, before my minutes run out, I'm looking at the clock. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever have to do this to you, because you're my brother from another mother. You're my brother in the Lord Jesus. And I don't have to worry about fever, because fever is about as regular as a good case of diarrhea. I don't have to worry about him. <laughs> but now, uh, the other one that comes before you, uh, Mr. Breaking Bad Brooks, uh-huh. the chemist, Mm-hmm. You know, he's a school up northern, so sometimes, I, you know, it's, I, I hadn't give up on him because he did finally, after about a year, tell me he loves me and tells me every time when I 
tell him that I love him, he loves me, because I think the Lord been dealing with him about that. You know, because he's a brother in <laughs> the Lord with a suit. But now look at him. Here's, here's the deal, brother. Here's the deal. And then the other one, bless his heart, in the afternoon, Mr. Jake, the professor. Mm-hmm. The professor is a numbers guy, but, uh, you know, he ain't too much on speaking and spelling. <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's the deal. I didn't never think I'd have to give you a, a, a lesson. Because, you know, I always see this. And once a week, I got to give them children that go that want to go and have been to the school up north, mm-hmm. I always got to give them a little bit of a lesson while they sheltered in and can't go to school. Mm-hmm. But you, look, Bluefield wrote it out to you, or typed it out to you, whatever. She mm-hmm. wrote it out, typed it out to you, and sent it. And you still send it to the wrong place. <laughs> look, he, hey, here you go, right here now. Look, you got a pen, piece of paper. I want you to write this down. Okay, I'm going to write it, it down. My I'm ready. Yeah, not, don't be typing. Okay, you spell where we live at, Forest, Mississippi. Okay, now here you go, everybody. Here your lesson. Forest, Mississippi. F O R E S T. Forest. <laughs> F- you got that? You got that board out? F A R S T. Forest. I got it. <laughs> Oh, that idiot, you doggone man. Look at him. It, look at him. Now, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's come down here. So you done lived up north too long. Yeah. So you, you used to be from L.A., lower Alabama, but you done got off. He gone. He gone. <laughs> See y'all tomorrow. See ya.